Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a Motherhood Feels podcast. I'm Dr. Jill Garrett, a licensed psychologist who specializes in perinatal mental health and host of Hindsight is 2020. On this episode, I welcome seasoned dad, surgeon, researcher, educator, speaker, and author, Dr. Gary Josephson. Our family has been fortunate to be on the receiving end of Dr. Josephson's otolaryngology expertise when our daughter required ear, nose, and throat surgeries as a young child. Listen in as Dr. Josephson talks through another skill set of his, sharing evidence-based information on shifting one's life from ordinary to extraordinary. You'll hear how his own early childhood challenges prompted him to create seven principles for life success, how he has lived and parented by these same principles, and how he compiled these life lessons into a powerful self-help book, Ordinary to Extraordinary, The Seven Principles for Life Success. Check out his website, o2e4life.com, to learn more on his seven principles, get your own copy of his book, and work to boost your own well-being and life success. All of this and more next. Hey guys, it's me, Jill. If you are interested in integrating more support for moms, dads, and families into your healthcare system or business, please contact Motherhood Feels at motherhoodfeels at gmail.com. The Motherhood Feels supports include Before Baby Boot Camp, an online self-paced course and downloadable workbook that offers education, evidence-based coping skills, an opportunity to create a personalized coping plan, and resources for new and expectant parents. Check out motherhoodfeels.com for a sneak peek of the course and to check out my newly published rhyming storybooks with healthy mental health and safe sleep messages, Motherhood Feels M is for Mom and Fatherhood Feels D is for Dad. Both the course and the storybooks can be personalized to your healthcare system or corporation. And as per usual, help this podcast grow by subscribing on Apple and Spotify. You can find me on social at Motherhood Feels. Thanks for listening. Hi, Gary. Thanks for being here. Hi, Jill. Thanks for having me. What a wonderful uh, opportunity to come and speak to you and be part of the podcast. Really excited about it. Thank you. Well, I'm so glad you're here and excited to learn more about you. But perhaps you could start by just sharing a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks. Well, I, uh, I've had a wonderful life and a wonderful career. I'm very blessed. Um, I have a beautiful wife and two wonderful children, both in college at this point, um, and um, have had a wonderful career and working in our community. Um, you know, I was, uh, I'm was i a pediatric ear, nose, and throat, head, and neck surgeon by trade. Um, I've been a healthcare executive, um, uh, and so I've had a long, uh, wonderful career, um, done a lot of community service, um, and uh, that's what all about life is, right, is, is giving back and participating with the community and just trying to cherish every moment that we have. Well, I know you personally. I'll just disclose that you have been 
our surgeon and ENT for my now nine-year-old daughter. So I think I met you early days after many ear infections for one of my children. And then we did some other work with other parts of her ENT anatomy. Um, so it's been really nice to be able to work with you professionally and now know you personally too. Yep. Well, thank you for that. And I'm glad she's doing well. And absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. So we've had a chance to connect. And in addition to your work as a physician, you have also really had a very cool uh, life as a motivator, as an author. And I've recently read your book. Could you share with us a little bit about your book and maybe the impetus for creating this book? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, as I've I've shared, um, I'm very fortunate. I've really had a very blessed life. And, um, you know, everybody goes through their challenges in life. Uh, and I'm not excused from that. I've had my challenges as well. And uh, going back to my childhood, um, I've had a number of adverse things that have happened to me in my childhood, um, including being bullied uh, in elementary school and into middle school, uh, which has uh, really impacted me. And actually, there's a lot of really good studies out there that show, and this is so important for our children, uh, that we protect them and making sure that, um, you know, they're gonna have some adversity, but we don't want bullying to happen to people. Um, and that did uh, go a long way with me uh, to make me who I am. It made me wanna be a pediatric healthcare provider because I wanted to be able to protect kids or help kids um, reach their fullest potential. Um, when I was in my uh, teens, um, uh, I got to a point where I had some other challenges in my life with my health care, with my health, my own personal health, and uh, decided that I needed something tangible uh, that I can use uh, to propel me to continue to meet my goals, my goal of being a physician, um, helping the community uh, and giving back, uh, as well as, you know, having a wonderful family and being able to um, continue to contribute to my society. Um, so I created these seven principles of life. Um, I wrote them down and I posted them on my wall and I said, I'm going to live by these seven principles. Um, now let's jump ahead, 2015. I get a call from my undergraduate university, the State University of New York at Albany, um, and they uh, asked me if I would be the commencement speaker. Uh, honored, uh, I uh, you know graciously said yes, I'd be pleased to. And uh, then my wife and I were talking about what I would do my commencement speech on, and she said, why don't you talk about your seven principles? And so I created the, my uh, commencement address on the seven principles, and after the address, all these people came up to me and said they wanted to know more. And so uh, I went home and uh, started to write a book, but I didn't want the book to be a um, autobiography. I wanted it to be a self-help book or a life management book. And so I did a lot of research um, and it took me six years to write the book. And then I submitted it to several publishing companies and then Morgan James Publishing out of New York City uh, said that they wanted to uh, partner with me um, to get that book out there and, and sell my message and let people know that uh, there, there's, a, there's a good path for a wonderful life. Well, I will tell you, as a person who has consumed your book, which is called Ordinary to Extraordinary. Ordinary to Extraordinary, Seven Principles for Life Success. Okay. So the book is really great in that the format is something that, in addition to the content, I like how it is formatted. So you have some uh, kind of, of the meat to digest, but then you have it broken down into bullets and summarized. So no matter how you take in information, there is a way for this to internalize and for it to be something that hits and connects with you. So I appreciate the formatting there. 
And the content, like I said, is good too. You mentioned that you had adverse events and you mentioned the bullying. And I know you had mentioned also having this experience of being electrocuted that really rocked your world, obviously. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure played a big part in working to find tools and strategies to overcome adversity. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So it was in my teenage years. And uh, unfortunately, um, I I got electrocuted by plugging in uh, a plug into a faulty outlet. And um, uh, it caused, uh, you know, significant burns to my hand. Um, I went to several hand surgeons and I had one in particular that, um, you know, I asked me, he goes, what do you want to do for a living? And I said, I want to be a surgeon. And he goes, well, then I guess we have some work to do. Um, and so I went through uh, that with a rehab doctor and went through several years of physical therapy um, and a lot of work on my own with things to strengthen my hand and keep things going and got full recovery, uh, thankfully, uh, through uh, my determination and dedication that I was going to get my hand better. Um, so that was really, um, uh, again, telling. And that was about the time where um, I created the seven principles because, um, you know, when people have adversity in their life, um, you know, some obviously is mild, but some could be more significant. And we have roads to choose in which way we're going to go. And we can either uh, move forward with that uh, and saying, you know, I want to continue my journey of having a wonderful life and helping others and doing all the wonderful things that we need to. Uh, and unfortunately, um, as you know, in today's day and age, um, and some of the work that you're trying to help people with is depression and uh, managing through that. And um, we know that there are people that go on that route and really struggle to get out of that and get kind of deeper into it. And we want to help people. We want to make sure that they don't go down that path. Um, And if they start to go down that path, um, and a lot of the work that you do, Jill, which is absolutely wonderful, is we want to help them to then turn and go back on the good road uh, where they continue to uh, prosper uh, and help other people uh, and enjoy their lives and being able to uh, also raise their children to be successful uh, if they decide to have children. Um, And we know that people have a lot of different uh, um, challenges in life. Um, And again, uh, our work is to help people get to a great place in, in the end. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about statistics here and I'm thinking about the odds of electrocution are probably pretty low, but then the odds of electrocution to a person who wants to be a surgeon and use their hands, I bet are even lower. So what odds that you have now overcome? I I wouldn't know the exact statistics on that. Um, I do know (laughs) that, um, I do know that, uh, I don't let any adverse events um, get in my way of continued progress. Um, I go back again to my core principles. Um, you know, it's interesting is is that um, uh, the book that I wrote, uh, I wanted to make sure I can't teach everybody everything. Um, what I wanted to do is I wanted to teach people a foundation and then they can do some additional reading on their own. So the book is only about 160, 170 pages. Um, It's a fast read for people on the go because we know everybody's on the go right now. So you can pick it up and read it in about two hours or maybe even less if you're a fast reader, a little bit more, but about two hours average. But it gives people that foundation of what they need um, uh, so that they can use one or several of the principles to get them past or moving in the right direction. The other thing what I did was with the book, as you've indicated a little bit, 
is, um, you know, I have cute stories and vignettes. Um, I, I love history. So I talk about people like uh, Thomas Edison, Thomas Jefferson, um, uh, Alexander Hamilton, George Washington. I also talk about uh, people currently that have uh, overcome adversity in their life. Um, I found these stories. I verified that they were true. I even spoke to a number of these people. It was absolutely wonderful that I can include their stories in the book. Um, and then at the end of each chapter, um, I have something called tips, which is um, just quick bullet point things of people that can start to go on their journey and they could use the tip or, or try some of those things to see if it helps with their success. And then after that, I have something called matters of fact, which are uh, evidence-based articles that show that those principles actually do work. Um, and again, this is just a foundation. It's a starting point. People can get on the internet. Education and information is out there widely that uh, there's a lot of stuff you can pull up an article and read it um, regarding health or wellness or spirituality. Um, so uh, there's those opportunities for people to continue to learn and to build on their own journey of having a wonderful life. Well, let's switch gears a bit. You mentioned that you are a father to two teenagers or young 20 kids. And could you tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming a dad? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, I want to say that, um, you know, I'm very fortunate and blessed because I have a beautiful, wonderful wife. Uh, my wife is a pediatrician. Uh, and you think that uh, as two pediatric doctors, we know how to raise kids. Uh, but uh, raising kids is very different. We had the same challenges as probably every mother and father have. You know, you think, oh, they're pediatric doctors. They know everything. No, we didn't know anything about raising children. <laughs> we learned along the way. We read a lot, uh, read a lot of different things. We got some advice and took some and some we didn't. Um, and what we realized is that we... Um, you know, we really uh, counted on each other, made sure that our kids um, uh, were busy and, and stayed active in, in uh, their schoolwork and in extracurricular activities. Um, we spent a lot of time with them and gave them a lot of love um, so that they felt like that we were a core family for them to grow up in. And, uh, and you know, we supported uh, their endeavors, but also made sure that they learned uh, a lot about independence. They both had to read my book. Um, and so, uh, and, um, they've done great things. They've done a lot of volunteer work in the community because that was core from my wife and I, um, uh, they both have had jobs. Uh, they've done, you know, all of these things that we shared with them, uh, helps them to become a good adults, uh, and being able to raise their family when they have a family one day, cause neither of them are married quite yet, uh, or, or, uh, or have significant other. Um, but, um, you know, wanted to set the core for them um, to be able to uh, give back to society and be productive members. Yeah. So they both have read your book. Do they give you reviews and author feedback? Yeah. You know, it's funny because, um, you know, through our life as they were growing up, you know, I would kid around with them and say, you know, let me explain to you about principle number four, or principle number two. And they used to make fun of me um, when we used to, when I used to do that. And then when the book got accepted by a publishing company to be published, uh, all of a sudden it wasn't, uh, they weren't making fun of dad anymore. Um, so uh, it's wonderful. But yeah, no, they, they, um, they follow those, those principles. They think that they are helpful and they think that the, they're, they're wonderful. Well, that's so. great. You have what sounds like a really dedicated focus for yourself and your family. And I think I remember when you were working with our family as a physician, you telling my husband something like, I wake up at five in the morning and I do this and this exercise. And I remember my husband just looking at me like, really? Oh my gosh, this guy's already done like a surgery, worked out, done all this stuff. What is it that you do to relax and kind of uh, just take a pause? 
Yeah. Well, you know, um, again, I'm a very spiritual person and I love outdoor activities. And so for me, um, if I feel like there's a lot on me, um, you know, I like to take a nature walk and just look for birds or um, take some deep breathing, um, try to air my mind and not think about anything else other than being in the moment and enjoying that moment. Um, you know, I, I pray, um, you know, I'm, I'm a very again, spiritual person, so I pray a lot. And, uh, you know, I do believe in uh, there being a greater being and that he is watching us and making sure that um, we stay on the right path. Um, so those are things that I do to help to clear my mind. And like like you indicated, um, you know, and it's, you know, my sixth principle is healthy living. So um, I eat a balanced diet. A lot of people ask me, and I give lectures now on, I am now currently been giving a lot of lectures called um, uh, Ordinary to Extraordinary Managing Adversity and Building Prosperity. And I share about how the seven principles help people through challenges and how we get to a better place. Um, but um, one of the, uh, the core principles is healthy living. And, you know, I start the chapter actually by saying, you think as a physician, I'm going to probably talk to you about calorie count and different types of things. And I don't, I, I tell people there's really four big things that they need to consider uh, with healthy living, which is a good diet. And I've had people who've said to me, you know, am I, am I a vegetarian or, and I'm not, I, I, I eat everything because I enjoy it and that's my choice. And if someone is a vegetarian or I think that's great too, it's their preference of what they want to do and how they want to do that. Um, but I'm everything in moderation. You know, I make sure that um, it's balanced and that I'm making sure that the nutrition um, is there and I'm not, you know, managing. I mean, I do love to have sweets once in a while, but once in a while, I make sure that that's not every night, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm eating a box of cookies. So I know that that's not good for me. Rather, I, I have fruit, I eat yogurt. Um, you know, I eat all these other healthy things that are help, helpful for me. Um, drink a lot, a lot of water. Um, hydration is uh, essential. 60 to 70% of our bodies are made up of water. Um, so that's another thing that I talk about in that chapter. Um, exercising every day. Um, not only is exercising good for your body, it's also good for your mind. Um, and I got to tell you, I, I give lectures. I always ask people in the audience, I said, you know, how many people exercise and a bunch of them do raise their hand. And I said, when you're done, do you feel elated? Does your mind feel great too? And they all raise their hand. Yes, because your mind and body and soul are all interconnected. And so when you go and exercise, you're also nourishing your mind as well as your body. Um, and um, and then the last thing that I talk about in that chapter, uh, the fourth thing is a good night's sleep and making sure. Um, now, a good night's sleep is different for everybody. I know when I hit the pillow, I am out. I don't need as many hours as other people, but I also make sure that it's quality sleep. Um, but um, the literature suggests that, you know, seven to eight hours a night is, uh, is necessary for most people. Uh, so each chapter, again, has uh, matters of fact at the end. So everything, and there's references within and footnoting within the chapters as well. So the book was not my opinion. Um, everything is backed by uh, evidence-based articles to show that the, these things work. Yeah. I love being able to have different ideas that I suggest to the people that I work with. Um, and then being able to say, look, this actually works. And some of the neat pieces are being able to see people actually do the things and then actually get the benefit. So mm -hmm. I'm sure you might relate to that. I'm thinking about your life as a parent, and I'm wondering, as you look over these what sound like decades of parent life, if you have any things that you wish you had known ahead of becoming a parent, any lessons learned? I'll say everything, right? You know, <laughs> as I shared, you know, many of my friends um, said, well, you and your wife are both pediatric doctors, so, you know, but uh, that's that's not 
the recipe. Um, a, a matter of fact, I think we started the same place as everybody else who's a mom and a dad, you know, without that medical background. I mean, maybe it's given us the opportunity that if they had a cold or they were ill or something, we had that little bit of benefit that we knew uh, how to manage that. But um, child rearing is a learning experience for everybody and on their own. And so as I shared, I mean, I love knowledge and I love to read and, um, you know, not that everything I read that I do, but at least I get opportunity to read on different things and then utilize those things that I think will help and go in those directions to see if it helps. And you can't be afraid not to change your direction. So, you know, you may be trying to do something with parenting and um, uh, and uh, it's not working. And the other thing I always tell people is don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, you know, sometimes uh, you can be the perfect parent and doing everything, quote unquote, right, <laughs> or what people would think are right. And, you know, children have influences outside the household and um, there's multiple, there's genetic influences. And so sometimes, you know, there may be some help, whether it's through family and friends or maybe a professional uh, at some point where you feel like your child needs to meet with or you and your child needs to meet with a professional to um, get a better understanding of what's going on and seeing how you can help to direct them. So. When you ask me what um, uh, I would do differently, um, I don't. I wouldn't say I would do anything differently. I would say that we did change uh, different things that we did. The one thing that I would say that I would not change that I really thought, um, you know, I did bounce a lot of things off of people with experience and had children uh, just to get their opinions. I did read a lot, which I think is uh, important. Um, but I also made sure that my kids were on a pretty good a, a good schedule. Um, but also make sure that they we eating healthy, you know, more fruits and vegetables than, you know, um, sweets, which, you know, sometimes they enjoy. That was really a special treat. Um, I made sure that they were in activities and, you know, exercising. Um, I was making sure that we spent time with them. I think spending time with the kids is very, very important. And in mine and my wife's very busy schedule, uh, we had to create that time to spend with them because our jobs were very demanding. And, and I'll tell you, that was a challenge. Um, and, um, you know, uh, my, you know, my profession was very important to me and my wife's as well to her and giving to the community and being part of other people's families to help them. Uh, but again, you have to try to balance that as best as possible. I think that's important. Yeah, that's a hard one, uh, particularly when you've got working parents and lots of children who are doing different activities. That's a that's a challenge. But I'm hearing you talk about how living your life by a lot of your principles um, has been of value and also reading and kind of giving yourself grace that parenting is hard. And I am thinking about how you did have a benefit of having an otoscope, which I would have been so jealous to have training on with my daughter's 13 ear infections before we met you. So that was certainly a perk, but you also were just a parent as well. Yeah. So let's shift gears here a little bit. I happen to know in talking to you that your journey has involved living in New York being in Charlottesville, Virginia, at the University of Virginia for a little while, then obviously making your way down here to Florida. And we seem to be following each other's footsteps, um, as that has been my path as well. But I have a feeling you have a future path. So I want to find out where am I moving next? Or where am I going next? If I'm following your trajectory, what's going on for you in the future with your personal and professional life? Sure. So, um, uh, so yes, as you've indicated, uh, I, I grew up in New York. Um, I actually did my medical, my undergraduate and my medical school and my residency training there. 
then I went to Charlottesville, uh, the University of Virginia, where I did my pediatric training. Um, I also have an MBA, um, which I received from the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. Um, after my fellowship, I went down to the University of Miami. Um, so I was down there as the head of pediatric ENT down there. Uh, actually, that's where I met my beautiful wife, um, and we got married, uh, and then uh, came up to Jacksonville uh, 23 years ago and enjoyed a 23-year career here in Jacksonville. Um, and um, so I've got a wonderful opportunity uh, for uh, my next uh, venture. Um, so I was asked to uh, join the team down at Galasano Children's Hospital in Southwest Florida. I'm very blessed. Uh, and they've asked me to come. It's a relatively new children's hospital. Uh, they built the building there in 2017. Um, Southwest Florida is growing uh, as all of Florida is growing um, by leaps and bounds, but particularly down there, they have a very large influx of young families. And so uh, I'm excited that they've asked me to come to join their team down there and help them uh, to continue to grow uh, that children's hospital uh, and serve their community. Well, that's exciting. And congratulations on all of that. I want to thank you so much for sitting down and talking through your career, your experiences as a person, a professional, a parent. And I really appreciate the time. Well, thank you, Jill. Again, I want to thank you for having me on. Um, I also want to thank you for the great work that you're doing. Um, and it's really, really important. Uh, I've had the opportunity to um, look over the books that you're um, sharing um, regarding parenthood or new parenthood um, for both moms and dads. And again, um, you know, that the journey is, uh, it's not easy. Um, and so as I've indicated, people want to go ahead and jump on any resources that are possible. Uh, your two books, one for uh, the mom, one for the dad, I think is really important because obviously um, uh, the earlier, the sooner that you get involved in that, that helps to alleviate some of these um, challenges that people go through uh, so that they feel like they're doing a great job in raising their children and, and enjoying their life. Um, we want people to have a successful life, but we also want people to have a happy life. Um, you know, I'm starting to work on an, another book now, and I'm really looking at um, uh, pursuing a lot more research about, and, and there's a lot of research now out there about happiness. Um, so you could be successful, but may not be happy. We want people to be happy and successful. It's very, very important for those that to go hand in hand. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your endorsement. And uh, it was great to see you and speak with you, Gary. Same here, Jill. Thank you for having me. And it was a pleasure. Information on Hindsight is 2020 is intended for general education and informational purposes. Engagement in this podcast does not constitute a professional relationship, and this content is not intended to be an alternative or substitute for professional psychological support. Individuals are encouraged to pursue that through a licensed healthcare provider. If you're experiencing an emergency, please report to your closest emergency department or contact 988.